I'm going to have some of this coffee. Will you do that? <clears throat> it's got coffee in it. Uh-oh. Are we talking coffee with a little C or a big C? It's got coffee in it, among other things. There we go. I needed a drink. I know what we're going to talk about. So do I. Mm -hmm. I also got a coffee, but mine has lesser additives. Mm. Anyway, I do understand that you wanted to do a Frithcast this evening. I do. I'm not saying I don't, necessarily. It's just I know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, shall we do a Frithcast then? Well, I thought we'd do something we've never done on a Frithcast before, and that's preface it with a content warning. A content warning? Content warning. There you go. Lovely listeners. Because we love you all very, very, very much, and we love sharing our time with you around the virtual campfire, I want to put a content warning on this episode. This episode, we will be talking about funerary customs. Yes. Bearing in mind that we are still in a global pandemic, you may have recent experience of grief and loss. You may want to save this episode for another time. And that is all good. The thing about the virtual campfire is it's virtual. It's here when you need it. It's here when you want it. You can always go back and listen to old stuff. <laughs> listen to this one when you feel ready to listen to this one. Yeah. Okay, that was the end of my content warning. It's fair to say the intent is more to look at um, the customs surrounding this sort of thing. Yes. Not so much dwelling on the thing itself, but just, yeah. you know, how but people would... But it still may be yeah, an emotional subject. Of course. I'm just, you know, just clarifying, that's yeah. all. So we are going to be talking about funerary customs then and funerary customs now. Mm -hmm. potentials for funerary customs with the caveat that we're both based in the UK yeah wherever you are in the world lovely listeners customs or options may be slightly different your mileage may vary objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they are that that's all I'm saying I always worried about that song I'm not sure wasn't it isn't it actually that objects in the mirror are, it's dangerous because they're actually closer than they look in the mirror. I don't know. And he said they may appear closer than they are, but actually the warning is that the mirror makes things look further away. So you think, oh, I've got plenty of space to pull out, only it turns out you haven't. Because... Let's do that. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Welcome around the virtual campfire. For this episode of Frithcast, this is episode 91 
of Frithcast. Come on in, warm your knees, grab a coffee and or drink of choice, pull up a log, grab some marshmallows if you can fight Kate off them. You can. You can. I've got my coffee, I'm fine tonight. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a bit of a natter. Come and join us around the campfire. Episode 91. I know, right? Crikey me. Aye, so, generally speaking, the first thing we tend to do yes. is introduce ourselves. Let's do that. Would you like to do that? I think that would be jolly lovely. Who are you? Hello, lovely listeners. My name's Suzanne Martin. I am a heathen with a head full of knowledge. Some of it is useful. Some <laughs> I am, and I'm Kate, I am neither heathen nor do I have a head full of knowledge. I do, I have a head full of rubbish, basically. <laughs> Assorted garbage that's of no use to man nor beast. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I do live here, so I get to join in. You do. <laughs> you are, in fact, a coffee-powered druid. Yeah, I and suppose. And you have coffee, so I, yay, you're has, all powered up, ready to go. It has been said, it's the, the, coffee, is, the coffee is the power source. Coffee is the power source. So this for our episode 91. Now we've talked about some burials. We've talked a little bit about the archaeological burials. So I thought we'd start there. Osberg? We'd start, yeah. We've talked a little bit about Osberg. Yeah. We've mentioned Sutton Who on occasion. We've mentioned things like the boat burials at Scar and at Gokstad and... All the big shiny burials with all of the bling. The trimmings. Uh, they have them. Yes. Yes. So these. Including BJ581. BJ581. We're not going to go there tonight, but yes, BJ581 is technically a burial. It's probably generally best not to go there. Context. Which, which was the one with all the, all the, like, the like, folded up horses and things? The folded up horses. Wasn't there one with folded up horses? There's probably several with folded up horses. I'm sure somebody got buried in a space. With folded up horses. With some horses that had been folded up. Yeah, BJ581's got tucked. two, I think. Two yeah. horses. I could be wrong. Um, but there are lots of burials that are pretty hefty on the bling. Yeah. They're buried with a lot of what we now call grave goods. Mm-hmm which modern archaeologists have very light bulb enlightened moments decided that those grave goods represent that person's perceived status or status in that society. So more shinies equals more status. Not um, necessarily a good logical premise, but it's a good place to start. I mean, it's a there is a there is a degree of logic to it. Mm. As a hypothesis, it's not it's not illogical for us. You can see the reasoning. I can. We can see the reasoning. Yes. That the reasoning society... doesn't necessarily translate to another culture, I appreciate. No, it doesn't. And that's where it gets a little bit woolly. So we get funerary customs. And these are the traditions or customs that are around death and burial. Mm -hmm. You get them... Generally, from an archaeological record, you've got the objects, but you might not have the reasons behind the objects. No. And the customs tend to be the reasons behind the objects. Yeah. So to get at those customs is something that we generally lose in archaeological 
settings. Yeah. Because we have a whole set of objects in relation to each other in a particular space, like Sutton Hoo, lots of bling. Yeah. Or Osberg, shed loads of bling. But somebody at some point decided exactly where those goods were going to be in relation to each other inside that space. Mm. But what we can't tell is on the day of burial, were all the objects placed in first, was the body placed in first, and then the objects, were they singing particular songs, were they doing particular music, did they have to observe a particular rite? I'm sorry, but for some what? reason my brain finished that sentence for you and it oh went dear. and it went were the singing potatoes what is in your coffee i don't know you should know you made it i don't know well, no i know what's in my coffee why are the singing potatoes i don't know i don't know where did it's the singing just... potatoes come when from? when you said were the were the singing uh what was the you used a phrase you said when they, when they put the thing in were they singing and I, my brain went were the singing potatoes and I'm like no they probably weren't. I mean it's possible. I'm not going to say it's because that yeah I can't tell whether they had a custom <clears throat> for singing potatoes. I'm sorry I should be being more solemn. Please do go on. So you were basically. <laughs> you can't be solemn, can you? I'm working on it. No, it's it's fine. But no, you don't seriously. have to be solemn. <laughs> but seriously though. <laughs> Yeah, so you're saying basically we they we we all we all we know is those items are in that place in the ground yeah. with that body. Yes. And we know that they were they probably went in at around the same time. Yes. I mean yeah. we can make the that assumption the on the same. basis of the, yeah, the, yeah. the 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 depth and all yeah. that kind of thing. You've got the same context uh, context layers. Yes. Yeah. So we know it they probably went in at the same time, but that's pretty much it. We can't. Yeah. We can't sort of say. Um, well, I know you said we weren't gonna. We weren't really gonna touch on BJ five eight one. But if you don't mind, I, mm. I'm thinking it might be quite a good example of the uncertainty because BJ five eight one, as you may remember from a previous episode, listeners, um, did a whole episode on BJ five eight one. Is the grave um, in? I'm trying to think where it is. The ground. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, Bratislava. No. Never not mind. Bratislava. No. Brassica. Eh? Brassica. Brassica. No. It's a grave in the ground. Yes. In a place. Very good. And a person was found in the grave, dead. This is good. <laughs> very, very yes. dead. Very long dead. <laughs> Um, it's the grave where um, subsequent analysis of the um, chromosome makeup of the yeah osteology the, the, the osteology and, yeah, the, and the, all the, the bone bits because of bones have indicated that the person was probably biologically female yes and yet had previous to that had been assumed to have been a Viking military personage of some standing yeah um, on account of having been buried with a lot of the a lot of the, the 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 sort of trappings of a military, a strategist. Yeah. So there was the a tafel board. There's a there's a board game in there. There's weapons in there. Yeah. There's the folded All of horses. The, the, uh, your origami horses are in there. Yeah. Everything is in there that indicates military. And our assumption industry. being. Yeah. 
if somebody has been buried with all of this stuff, this stuff is symbolic of what that person was in life or who that person was in life. Yes. So we have. That's where it gets really fun. Yeah. So we've long made the assumption, oh, this is clearly a soldier and a fairly high ranking soldier, somebody who dealt with strategy rather than just somebody who, who you know, swung a sword. Yeah. So this is probably a, a high ranking soldier of some sort, somebody of fairly high status. And then, of course, this research comes along and says, well, actually, this was a woman. Or mm. It seems likely this was a woman. At which point the popular press did its nut. Yep, bag um, of ferrets. A lot happened. of Viking uh, scholars equally did their own nuts in slightly different directions. They did. That was quite spectacular too. And the possibilities were mooted that, well, was this actually a high-ranking female warrior? Yeah. In which case we need to review our perceptions of their culture in some fairly significant ways. Yes. And other explanations came in, including, which tickled me, people were actually saying, oh, well, maybe it was a woman who identified as a man and therefore was a warrior. And I'm like, well... No! I'm... I'm intrigued at the idea that people would postulate a transgender Viking before they would postulate the idea that a woman could be a warrior. But yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no shade on either of those options. Of course but yeah, not. To no, go I just, I just thought transgender it was, before. I just thought it was interesting that in order, to, in order to try to avoid one, they would happily pre- uh, uh, present the other as 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 Possible. more plausible. Yeah. Um, Needless to say, the discussions are still going on indeed. as to what that grave assemblage means. And I don't mean to drag us too far off course, but that was basically just my point, was the fact that because those things have been found in that grave with that person, we cannot necessarily draw the conclusions we would like to be able to draw. Yes. And a lot of the our, our presumptions are still sort of up in the air oh, yeah. as to who that person was and, and what the and goods what tell us kind about. Of yeah, what kind of status they held. So you have, for every big, posh, all all blinging, all dancing grave that you have, like Sutton Hoo, like Oseberg, like Gokstad, like the Prittlewell Prince, like BJ581, for every one of those that you have where all the shinies are intact and they are exceptionally rare, which is why they make such good press when you do find them, mm. Because then the press just isn't looking at, oh, look, it's another hole in the ground with a measuring stick in it and it's raining. Yay! Yay, mud! Yay, mud! What they actually want are shinies Mm. and they want a human connection and you don't get that with a big hole in the ground. Treasure! But for every one of those big bling burials that you get, you get hundreds and hundreds of burials with little to no grave goods. You might find ones that have got uh, a knife or a handful of beads yeah. and that's literally it and there are still hundreds more where you don't have anything in mm. with them now the possibility is that they had wooden objects with them or they had organics with them like leather items that have just disintegrated or decomposed and we don't have them anymore we don't have the technology to see what they were or where they were whereas somebody who's been buried with things made of metal yeah did they have they used steel, didn't they? They would. I don't know about. Do you know? I don't know about steel. I know they would. They uh, get some steel. You get iron. Yeah. A lot of like iron um, tools, implements, S hooks, cooking pots. These are things that are likely to survive quite well. And then you've got things made of gold. Yeah. Um, 
periodically. Survive have... okay, but they tend to go squish. They tend to go squish, but gold doesn't doesn't um, doesn't decay, doesn't doesn't rot, decay, doesn't, doesn't rust. It basically just goes on inert. and on and on and on and yeah. on. So, what we can get at are the grave goods, the items that somebody was buried with, probably around the same time, because they're all in the same kind of context layer, mm. and they're all these very individual little burials. You know, if somebody is is buried here and then you find beads a kilometre away, you're not likely to associate the two. No. You're likely to say, well, if somebody is buried here and you've got beads here, they're generally in the same deposition. Yeah. What we can't get at very easily is the customs around death from the archaeology. Mm. We can get those from some of the sagas, some of the stories, some of the accounts that we've got. Yeah. So the big one that we can tell what the funerary customs are like is Ibn Fadlan. I was just going to say, yeah, Ibn Fadlan, I know, wrote his account of the... Rus chief burial. burial. The Rus, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So he's writing in what becomes Russia. Yeah. The land of the Rus, the Eastern Vikings. So you've then got potentially geography chronology also affecting custom yeah so the custom over there is to uh, again fill a ship with items but then you know end up with this sort of pole with this memorial record on that they put up right at the end and then they all go on their way yeah and if all of these big fancy burials were topped with a memory pole We've lost those because they were wood. Yeah. So 30 years and they're gone. Well, I mean, to be honest, you know, you go to a churchyard now. There are there are churches, you know, around our area with cemeteries, graveyards around them. And we are in the habit of, you know, it's our custom to put up a, a, a memorial stone, a gravestone. Yeah. Marker stone, yeah. With, uh, you know, at the very least, somebody's name and the date of birth and the date that they died. and Yeah. Any relations that anybody that they're related to or yeah. where they've come from, or and there might be various other um, sort of additions to that. There might be there might be you know symbolism. There might be uh, quotes or or you know Bible Bible verses or whatever that are particular significance. You know whatever. Um, but you look at those. I mean, a lot of them sort of modern ones are kind of this like marble stuff that they they do. You yeah. Know? Um, but you know you look at a lot of the old ones. And from just a couple of hundred years ago, they're virtually gone. Mm, they're starting to wash away or yeah. they're starting to erode. And those are stone. Yeah. So... I mean, we get funerary markers on runestones. And there's the same kind of inscription. There's a very set inscription pattern. So that is, again, it's a funeral custom. Okay. You get, you know, often where our ones in churchyards will start with RIP at the top of the stone. Mm-hmm you will get uh, an inscription that starts read the runes or read it's a command word okay stand and read this inscription remember this person yeah you know this person died doing this he was the brother of so-and-so or the son of so-and-so these are his relations even sometimes it's shipmates that put them up because they don't know who else the family is yeah and they're all to do with inheriting property Okay. So they need to, to create those familial connections to make sure that the inheritance comes down the proper line. Mm. You'll often find at the end of those, so-and-so carved and so-and-so painted 
Okay. So you have a rune carver and then a rune painter, and they're generally two different names. All right. So they they would sort of I don't know inscribe or 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 yeah carve them in and then and then, paint. and then somebody would paint in inside the paint inside the carving. Okay. So there are some where they've made a mistake in the carving, and you can probably tell the painters come to that bit and gone, oh mate, <laughs> what were you thinking? Did you not have like enough salted pork last night? Because this is this letter is a mess. You should have really, you should have really like penciled this out before you yeah, got started. Yeah, and then you know? so some of them are squished up, and some of them bend around the corners, and some of yeah. them kind of fold over, and they do all sorts of mad things. But they're they're another custom. Yeah. So you know what customs do we have in the modern age? In the Viking age, you had the options of inhumation, of being buried, mm-hmm. uh, not. Sometimes in a, a coffin or in a, a a coffin space. Yeah. Sometimes in a ship or a ship outline, a ship burial. Um, sadly, we can't put people in a ship in the UK and set fire to them. <laughs> they don't allow it. They don't. Also, they don't allow open pyres in bureaucracy. In the UK. Yeah, don't do it. They don't allow open pyres. The closest we can get to that is a cremation burial. Yeah. Which. Ethically is a lot safer, is a lot cleaner, is a lot more dignified than an open pyre well, I mean, burial. I, yeah, by our <coughs> by our standards. I mean, yeah, we we have um, again. It's a it's a it's a cultural perspective. You know, the, the the listeners will know my, I suppose, affiliation. You might say is to Rome, and in Rome the traditions were pretty much the same. There there were people who would be probably the, the majority of people would be cremated um, you also have inscriptions that start don't they to the spirits of the dead that's right in yeah, in, yeah where, where, in Latin. where um a lot of roman inscriptions especially sort of memorial or funerary inscriptions would would start with either iom jupiter optimus is, maximus jupiter optimus maximus which is is uh, essentially your 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 hailing jupiter first mm. and then you're going on to say you know who this person is or you know that's that's often on sort of general religious inscriptions but you will often find at the top of a roman funerary ins- inscription you'll find dm or dis manibus the spirits of the dead to the spirits of the dead to all the spirits of the dead because ibus is like many many plurals yes that's right yeah and if you go i don't know whether we've mentioned it before i'm going slightly askew because i'm i'm wandering off into roman stuff but um <laughs> if you do a, a a quick search on a building in london called the gherkin st mary axe and it's yes. the address is number 30 330 st mary axe that's st mary as in the saint axe as in the weapon and that's in london and there is an inscription there on a modern bit of marble a, a low low standing bit of marble perimeter wall um, when they were doing the foundations for that building, mm. they found the body of a Roman, a young Roman woman, mm. um, and they didn't know anything about her at all. And they never did manage to find out who she was or where she came from. She, she's just this Roman girl um, that we never managed to identify. And so they did the work that they needed to do. They did all the archaeology that they needed to do. <clears throat> and bless them, after that, they then reinterred her. They buried her back in the ground in the same place they'd found her and they erected two stones. There's a slab on the ground amongst, you know, embedded into the paving mm-hmm. with um, like a Roman laurel on it. Yeah. 
Um, and on the wall, there's an inscription in English and Latin saying, Dis Manibus, to the spirits of the dead, the unknown young girl from Roman London lies buried here. So, Puella Incognita London, Lund, Londoniensis. Oh, Londoniensis. Hic sepulter est. Oh, of course. Yes, hic sepulter est. Yeah. I was close. I was getting there. But My yeah, Latin's but, a little bit rusty. That's right. But yeah, but, so you start out with that inscript, that, that, that first mm. sort of opening phrase, Dis Manibus, to the spirits of the dead, this is who we are remembering this person to. So a similar, yeah. similar thing, except, you know, whereas in runes you're, you're calling on the passerby yes. to, to stop and read this and remember this person. Yeah. And this, this is the, yeah, this is the news about this person. This is who they're connected to. So, yeah, in the Viking Age, you've got people who are cremated and people who are buried. And you tend, you can get some cemetery spaces not necessarily christian cemetery spaces but you can get some cemetery spaces where they're interred side by side so you have burials and you have cremation urns all put into the same cemetery there's no kind of segregation mm -hmm. say right your burials are over there your cremations are over <clears throat> here yeah they don't separate them out they just put them all inside that one space and what you tend to find is that you have one of those big rich shiny burials mm-hmm and then other people will be buried in like in satellite to that. Okay. Round the edges of it, as if they're trying to create relationship between that very rich high status person and themselves by being buried in proximity to. All right. So it's the same kind of thing if you look at Christian burials, the closer you're buried to the altar, the more high status and holy you were in I, life. I had heard this. Yes. Yeah, so, so I wasn't sure whether it was a particular it you know, used to be. I don't think you can do that now. No. But you used to be... You sort of allocate a space these yeah, days. Yeah, you, you, you're now allocated the next available space, but it used to be that your status... If you were Christian and you'd led a good Christian life, then your status was assured by how close you were buried to the church or cathedral altar. And if you were particularly good... Then you were underneath it. You'd, bury, you'd be buried inside. <laughs> yeah, in the crypts yeah. or underneath the altar space itself. Yeah. You'd be interred there instead. Because I know a lot of the cathedrals and things have got very famous famous dead... Crypts and undercrofts, uh, yeah. Under, actually, actually sort of underneath and with mm. memorial stones is actually part of the... the, the yeah, or the memorial stone the is built stone. into the pillar because mm. they've, been, they've died and been buried as the church or cathedral has been being built. Yeah. They get buried under the foundations of it as it's being created. So we as modern heathens now, we have in here in the UK, I can speak for in the UK, I'm in the UK. You might find that your local co country customs or options differ slightly, caveat. should also point out we can speak for England and Wales. Oh, I'm sorry. We can speak for England and Wales. Because Scotland... Scots options might be slightly Scotland different. Scotland does have a different legal system, so <clears throat> yeah. I can't... I, I don't... I'm not aware that they have any, any additional options than we do. Yeah. But it's it's there always best... to be things that you want to check through. It's always best to, to, to sort of just be cautious and say, well, we, we're not... We can't necessarily speak for Scotland because yeah. they do these, have a These different. are the things in my experience. Yeah. In England and Wales, these are the things that I understand. So we still have the same base options. We can be uh, inhumed. Mm -hmm. We can be put in a coffin 
or container and buried in the ground, or we can be cremated. Mm -hmm. So we've got the same base options that they had. Yeah. We, we so we can't we can't basically be be burned open air. No. And we're not normally we're not normally left out on a promontory for the animals to come in. No, we don't get. Yeah, no. We what don't, was that called? Yeah, it's sky burial. Sky burial. Yeah, and then you then take all the big bits that are left over and put those neatly in a nice little quiet place. So we've still got the same base options. Yeah. Now that's where it can change for us because we have traditions in the myth cycle that tell us that Helheim is on the long road. Mm -hmm. So when somebody dies, we might say they are walking the long road or they've begun their journey on the long road. I have heard that turn of phrase, yeah. So when a heathen dies, their kindred might want to bury them with a pair of boots or new shoes so that they can walk the long road without those boots or shoes running out or Makes wearing sense. out yeah. as part of that faith tradition. We've also got stories in the sagas about how you treat the dead and the Icelandic sagas, they are awesomely fascinating. We're going to dip into the next episode into some of the things that of what happens after you die in the Icelandic sagas. But okay. in this episode, we're going to stick with the funeral customs. And in there, you might be the fact that they're making new clothes for the deceased to wear to burial. Okay. To be buried in, they want them to have new clothes. And bearing in mind that in that era, new clothes means getting fleece. It means cleaning the fleece. It means carding the fleece. New clothes spinning the fleece usually means getting fleeced these days as well. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. tish. Yeah. Sorry, please carry on. Okay. So it means getting thread. It means weaving thread into cloth. It means taking that cloth. It means cutting that cloth. It means hand-making clothes. Yeah. If you've had experience of reenactment, you will probably know how <laughs> flipping long it takes to make any kind of kit by hand. Well, to be honest, a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you go to any, any sort of, you know, sort of artisan craft. Uh, you know, you watch somebody actually doing these things. And yeah. You break it down, and you, you, you realize so, right. just first shear your sheep. Yeah. And it's going to take a long time. So for somebody to be buried in new clothes, is going to take an awful lot of effort and time by the community that is there to honour that death yeah. to create those new clothes. So as a heathen, you might want to consider leaving instructions for how you want to be honoured and remembered. Mm. And that might include, you know, make sure I've got a pair of good boots on. Yeah. Make sure I've got new clothes on so that when I arrive in Helheim or I arrive at the halls, I'm looking my best. Mm. You might want to be buried with particular objects or favourite pieces of jewellery. Yeah. And those putting grave goods in, you can do that for burial. And we have things in our modern era that they didn't have. So one of the common items to go into a grave is a mobile phone. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Beats having a little bell on a string. It beats having a little bell on a string. So you might want to put things in just as people's status was marked by the grave goods or we think that it was marked by the grave goods in the past. Yeah. You might want 
to have discussions about what objects and things you want to with you. What is going to be useful to you, where you yeah. expect to be going. Where you expect to be going, which hall you expect to go to, if you have a thought on where you might end up. Bearing in mind you might not be you might not end up getting the one you'd pick, but Yeah. And you can put even in a, a cremation setting you can put items inside the coffin. Mm. Bearing in mind that some items may have to be removed before a cremation takes place. Okay. So they may then come back in a small decorative box or next to the urn or in that container. Yeah. If you're looking at an eco-burial, so you're looking at, instead of a traditional wood coffin, you're looking at a cardboard coffin that's brightly coloured or has particular designs on it. You can get to design your own, which is very cool. <laughs> or you might look at a wicker coffin with leather fixings so that... That's W-I-C-K-E-R? Not Not necessarily kind. W-I-C-C-A? Yes. No. They don't have specific coffins of their own? No. But you may look, want to look at one made from branches of the wicker tree. Does that help? Or is that just even more confusing? Because there isn't a wicker tree, I don't think, is there? Well, willow tree. Willow tree. Yeah, willow tree branches. Wicker work. Wicker work. Yeah. So you may want to look at a wickerwork coffin, and if you're looking at a green or eco-funeral, mm. there are certain objects that you probably don't want to put into the ground because they may damage the earth. Yeah. Just to give you an idea of, like, grave goods that could go into a grave, the, you know the author Roald Dahl? Yes. Yeah. So that author Roald Dahl, yeah. he was buried with Snooker Q's chocolate and a bottle of burgundy. So, Bless you know, him. You can get fairly individual here. Well, he'd got he'd got an afterlife sorted out, hadn't he? <laughs> he was he was right in there, you know. Chocolate, burgundy, game of snooker. He's uh, away. We're, we're done. What more do you need? <laughs> he's away. Bring on eternity, I say. <laughs> so, if you're looking at a cremation burial, be aware that any bottles of spirits that you put in the coffin will have to be removed before the cremation takes place. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's... It's an image. That is an image. It is an image. So... <laughs> can I... <laughs> can I have a massive exploding bottle of rum, please? <laughs> so there's a lot of scope for modern heathens to look at creating funeral traditions. Yeah. There's a lot of burials that are buried with personal goods. So, you know... In the Viking Age, we find small tools, small knives, things related to crafts, things related to trades, mm. jewellery, beads, clothing, brooches, anything and everything like that. You could look at an equivalent for you now. Do I remember? Yeah, I'm, I've got a thing in my head mm. about... A culture, and I'm not sure who it was, whether it was the Norse, whether it was someone else entirely, Egyptians perhaps. I have this thing in my head about somebody who used to destroy weapons mm. and put them in graves with Well, you can certainly soldiers. get folded ones. And you would find, and I, I understood the idea was you were basically killing the weapon as well. Yes. In order to send it to the afterlife with the person. Yeah. There, there are certainly 
examples of bent there's a lovely sword that's literally it, it look almost looks like it's folded into a pretzel or rolled up i'm sure yeah, i'm sure and i'd that seen that like, yeah the, there are certainly examples of that of symbolically killing the weapon to put inside the grave so that's yeah. a possibility if you have tools of your trade if you have items that are of special faith meaning to you mm. do they do you want those to go with you do you want them to go to certain members of your kindred do you want them to go to members of your family yeah do you want them to be part of your permanent memorial mm. you then kind of get to the consideration of do you want specific personal persons to perform your ceremony of sending you off down the long road mm. do you want a mixture of friends and family because they're the people who knew you best do you want a more religious or faith-based ceremony with a Gita or a Gothi leading that experience for yeah. your friends and family do you just want to give thought to the fact that you want to go right that's it I'm heading off on the long road you guys have a really big party any excuse for a party well yeah you know have alcohol have some dancing have some food get together talk laugh cry do your thing yeah have that instead mm. these are all funeral customs that we can't get at through the archaeology yeah so when we have archaeology we can't tell who conducted that funeral right mm. we can't tell what words they said we can't tell what they did in sacrifice we can't tell whether the weapons were sacrificed as part of that ceremony or whether they were taken away sacrificed and just brought in for that burial yeah we can't tell a lot of things but as modern heathens we can look to thinking how we want to be remembered what are our funeral customs then do we want our send-off service do we want our celebration of life to have some of those elements in that connect us to our faith mm. do we want to have something unique to us do we want to have certain songs do we want to have music do we want to have prayer mm. do we want to have offerings do we want to say to certain whoever is there leading that service to say to certain gods this person is starting their journey on the long road they always held you in high favor and honoured you, we ask you to honour them when they arrive. Yeah. And how is it, you know, can we integrate some of those funeral customs that we had and create new meaning for us in our lives now as modern heathens? We have archaeology, we know what parts of their service resulted in. We don't know how they ended up getting to that. We've got the cake, we don't have the recipe. Yeah. So we have, we have parts of it, and to a certain extent, we can take it backwards a few steps. But after that, it gets very hazy. But I suppose any living faith, if you want to sort of look at it in those terms, you have an understanding of what you're doing, why you're doing it, you know, who you're who you're trying to honour, or mm. you know, what what parts of somebody's life you're you're trying to, 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 to sort of best symbolise. Creating um, meaning out of that experience. Yeah, and you are, in, in effect, creating new rites, new rituals, new customs. And, mm. you know, I, suppose... and I think it's 
it's very much wide open for modern heathens to look at these ways of remembrance mm. to look at these ways of not only honoring the dead but how we want to be honored yeah. what kind of things we would consider for our own send-off mm. so lovely listeners not so much on the jokes this time round. No. Apart from the singing potatoes. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <clears throat> I'm still, fine. Not, still not quite sure what happened there. Lovely listeners, we're going to leave you there having a ponder. And as always, you can come and find us online. So you can find me. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm on Facebook as Suzanne Martin. I'm on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. You can throw me a friend request. You can come and talk to us on Frithcast Pod on Facebook and get that my get my teeth kind of all the right way round for Just that. Just go to Facebook and search Frithcast Pod and you will find us. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, if you want to contact me, you probably best doing it through <laughs> through Suzanne, really. So, yeah. To be honest. So yeah. Um, as always, we have a Discord channel open. You can come and we do. talk to us. Come and talk to other lovely listeners around the world. Come and have a chat about any of the episodes or any of these ideas that this one might have sparked off for you. And we will talk to you all next time for, for episode, episode 92. 92. 92. 92. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.